Hello and welcome to Let It Be, a podcast about less doing and more being. This is episode 45. So Brooke, Galenda in our Let It Be group on Facebook asked an interesting question the other day and it really seemed to resonate with a lot of the people in the group. So here's what Glenda said. After five years of wondering, talking, reflecting, journaling and working with a psychologist, so in other words, she's done a lot of work, Mm -hmm. I finally realized what was still bugging me about leaving my career. The moment was the most incredible aha moment and it's already changing my outlook on life and business. What annoys me, however, is that it took so long to figure it out with all of the things that I was trying to do. So she said, since you two lovely ladies seem to be excellent reflectors and navel gazers, yes, 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 yes we are. Um, <laughs> I'd be interested to hear a discussion or different strategies, pros and cons or other ways I may have gotten to this aha moment quicker. And in brackets, she says, if that mm. was even possible. Mm-hmm. So was it even possible, Brooke? I don't think so. In a nutshell, without knowing Glenda's circumstances or situation, uh, I know from my experience with things that we've agonized over and really just taken like a considerable amount of time to arrive at a decision or an, uh, you know a, a realization, you need to go through what you go through in order to get there is, is sort of my easiest way to sum up my thoughts on it. I think it can be frustrating looking back and saying, if only I knew five years ago what I know now, but that's five years. You know, you've done a lot of learning and growing and shifting and iterating and evolving in that time. And it's quite possible and probable that that's what needed to happen in order for you to get to that place. You know, I think, of course, it would be really nice if there was a magic bullet that gives us or a magic tablet instead let's say instead of bullet that uses <laughs> this you know the the ability to learn all the things that we need to learn quicker or without going through the pain of the process but i think one of the themes that you and i talk about a lot is that the pain of the process and the process more specifically is the point you know that's where the learning happens it's not when you arrive at the decision or the realization it's everything that happens in between do you how do you do you see it sort of in, in the same way or do you, do you have a similar, a different sort of take on it? Yeah, I'm definitely on the same page as you because I think um, I've got a few thoughts around this. One I want to mention is like, because you're meant talking about having to go through the process. And I think the reason that we have to go through the process is that when we arrive at our aha moment, all that stuff sits behind that like so it's a bit yeah. like someone you know someone saying to us five years you know you know back when I was in deep in overwhelm and you know didn't know how to get out of it like just someone saying to me this is what you need to do do it yep like that's all well and good but what I've found like I mean I remember saying to my therapist like I said me you know, my only regret is that it I had to wait it took me getting all the way to rock bottom before I did what I needed to do to make changes. But the thing is, if I didn't get to rock bottom, I wouldn't have felt right making those changes. 
if that makes any sense. Like I wouldn't have felt the strength of conviction. Like when once I started making those changes that I needed to cha- um, make, there was a strength of conviction that sat yep. behind them that was rock solid. If I'd tried to make those changes and it just meant that whenever I was challenged or whenever I hit a roadblock, that strength of conviction that was rock solid helped me push through because you're gonna like um it's interesting someone I think asked in the Facebook group or asked me the other day about you know the tendency to self-sabotage and how to you know how to get around the fact that you know it's not linear progress is never linear like when you're making good progress you take a few steps back you take it and how do you get back on the horse when you've fallen off and I think it's that strength of conviction that gets you back on the course, that surety that what you're doing is the right thing. But you cannot develop that surety and that strength of conviction without having a, without spending a bit of time doing things necessary to develop it. Exactly, and without strengthening it. And I think sometimes that happens with a setback or, you know, a, a reconfiguration of our thoughts on something. I think uh, one of the the first examples that came to mind when I was thinking about this particular question was with Ben and I, when we, uh, so at the beginning of this year, he quit his job, his full-time job and decided to go out as a, you know, a self-employed freelancer. And at the same time, we started our own company. It's something that we spoke about for, uh, I think I started speaking about it initially quite a few years ago, maybe four years ago. And then, you know, it was like, that's a nice idea, Brooke, you know, from Ben for, for quite a while because his his concerns were different to my concerns at the time. And maybe two years ago, he started to think about it in more realistic terms, but we always agonized about the timing or whether it yeah. was the right time, whether it was now or in six months or 12 months. And, you know, we really spent a huge amount of time and energy thinking about when the right time would be and when we're going to do it and why we're going to do it and how we're going to do it. And then on New Year's Day of this year, we hadn't spoken about it for a while and we sat down and friends of ours were supposed to have come up for New Year's Eve, uh, but they couldn't make it because their kids were sick. So it was just Ben and I sitting around uh, on New Year's morning talking about it. And by the end of that hour-long conversation, he decided that he was quitting his job and was starting this company. And it was an easy kind of slide into that moment because of the last four years and because we knew that the time had not been right and then we understood that the time is never perfect ever for anything. There is never going to be a perfect time, but it was a good time, you know, and and it felt right and there was this ease in making a decision. We've had decisions like that before, like when we decided to move out of the city, move back to the mountains it was a lot of like six months of questioning and do we, don't we, will we, won't we? And then one morning we looked at each other and we're like, okay, yeah, it's time. And that was it. And you don't, once you get to that point, you don't question it, you own it, you've got your reasons, as you say, and that's what you need to, in order to stand up and own that decision. And uh, yeah, I think it's, it's a really interesting thing though. And I like what you said, that like you need to have, those experiences and that decision and those lessons behind your decision before you get there in order to give it the strength to stand up to the inevitable pressure, you know, the, the pushback. 
Yeah, because there always will be pushback. And the thing is, if you come up against a roadblock and you're doing something simply because someone told you to do it, that's not enough to get you through that thing and you and that's when you you kind of start second guessing yourself as well as soon as you hit that roadblock you're like well maybe this isn't the right thing to be doing and why am I doing this again so it's difficult and this I guess is you know a large part of adulting is kind of you know yeah arriving at things ourselves but I mean I guess Glenda's asked a question can I arrive at things faster Mm -hmm. and I mean I know like this is a frustration my husband has with me in that I need to get to places myself. And in his mind, it takes me a really long time because I need to, because it's something that's so obvious to him. And he'll tell me like, this needs to be done. And he's like, you're so stubborn. Why do you have to be so stubborn? And I'm like, I'm Okay, I am stubborn. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to deny that I am, but it's that strength of conviction thing. And also probably a little bit of a I don't like doing things just because someone told me to do them thing as well. So I need to know that I'm doing something because I've arrived at that conclusion myself. So lucky I've got an example. So you had the um, pleasure of meeting my very – vibrant feisty 3.5 year old on very weekend. spirited you're, you're spirited is yeah. the word i was looking for She's wonderful and, <laughs> and i've had a difficult time with her not um because i don't know how to handle her spirit because mm-hmm. i don't i'm very mindful of one crushing her spirit and two trying to just make her into who i want her to be instead of you know, who she is. Um, yep. And I, and that comes from being like someone who is very quiet growing up and always being told by the adults in her life, you need to be more sociable. Yeah. You need to get your nose out of that book. You need to do this, this and this. So I've, you know, yeah, being caught going, where, where do I fall on this thing? But the thing is what I've kind of come to realise, actually having some conversations with, fellow mums of spirited children on the weekend, some of the people who were at at our Simpler Way event had similar kids and, we, and I was talking with them. And, yeah, after having conversations with them, I've kind of decided like there's a difference between being strict about general behaviour and not letting your kid have spirit. Like, yeah, you absolutely, know, I, yeah. You know, and and the kind of the upshot of it is like I just need to be a lot stricter with Mia. If I tell her to do something or ask her to do something and, you know, and I say this is the consequence if you don't, then there's no second chances. She either does it or she experiences the consequences. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the past I've been like, you know, second chance, third chance, look, I'm telling you this is what you have to do and yeah. if you don't do it. Um, and whereas, you know, Ant has, you know, Ant's approach when I go away and he kind of likes it when I go away because he's like hard-ass ex-teacher, like you get one <laughs> chance. And I look at him doing things and I'm like, that's just not how I operate. And he's like, that's too bad. That's how I operate. And I kind of go, this is, he's too hard on her. But then you know what? Like she kind of responds to right. it. She she doesn't kind of, she does, flat out responds to it. This, But having said that, despite observing that, I still haven't been able to bring myself to do it until having conversations with some other mums on the weekend. And now 
I'm doing it. I'm being like, there are no chances. Like, so after the weekend when you stole her bed and she had to sleep in Jaden's room. <laughs> Sorry, Mia. <laughs> um, so she's been wanting to, she, she now wants to sleep in Jaden's room. And of course, Jaden is someone who's like, I um, put my head on a pillow and I go to sleep and I do not want my three-year-old sister in there chatting to me because she takes a long time to go to sleep and stuffs around a bit. So anyway, so I said, okay, you can sleep in Jaden's room, but if I hear one complaint from Jaden, you're out. And she's like, okay, mummy. And then sure enough, <laughs> you know, because she just can't help herself. And in the past, I would have been like, now Mia, remember I said, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. Um, you know, so last chance, last chance. But now, you know, these last two nights, I've just been like, nope, you stuffed, you know, you, you stuffed around, now you're in your own bed. Nope, you stuffed around, now you're in your own bed. And... I thought she would just completely lose her shit at this discipline and she hasn't. Mm. She's actually responded really well to it. And Ant, of course, is rolling his eyes going, <laughs> this is what I do when you're not here and I told you she's fine. But I had to come to it in my own way and because now when I'm holding firm against her, I, I've got the strength of conviction. Yes. You know why you're doing it and you yeah. – Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the key. You, you can, you've got that strength of conviction. And I think there's probably ways of speeding that process up once you've understood it for yourself. But I think that initial, you know, like Glenda's example, that five year period, perhaps, maybe that's what she needed. And now going forward, if she goes through another period of time that requires real soul searching and a lot of, you know, head work, she's got that awareness now which is another skill, that self-awareness, which she can tap into much more readily than, than initially perhaps uh, because she understands that that's what the process was. And I think, you know, we spoke about it a little bit on the weekend with the what happens when you backslide kind of question, which mm. happens to everyone regardless of what changes they've made. You know, you will have a time where you become overwhelmed, for example, or things get too busy, for example. And I think the difference is not that that won't happen, but that the gap between it happening and you realizing what's happening and then you doing something to stop that backslide becomes much shorter. So I think that sometimes that initial kind of period of discovery will take longer, but then as you're able to tap into to the self-awareness and the, the signs that things aren't maybe going where you wanted them to or things had shifted a little bit, you, you become a lot a lot more aware of them a lot more quickly. Do you find that with with yourself as well? Like, do you think that slowly, I guess, building that muscle of self-awareness helps? Yeah, because I, I almost think like there's the more self-aware you are, the more open you are. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I probably have to take Ant out of the equation because he's, you know, when it's your husband, you tend to push back a little bit harder against husbands. Yeah. Um, when they're suggesting things, but certainly if somebody else points something out to me, you know, I'm much more open to their suggestion than now than I am in the past. So mm -hmm. certainly if someone points out to me now, oh, you're very busy or you've got a lot, you know, on or you're looking a bit tired, like in the past I would have just been like, I would have been really defensive mm. and I would have thrown up a barrier straight away and like what are you talking about like I've you know got on as about as much as the next person on blah 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 and now if someone kind of points it out to me I kind of go right 
if somebody else is saying this, then maybe I just need to take a bit of a look in the mirror and go, because this is the thing, like we are very good at fooling ourselves and justifying stuff to ourselves. So, and we're also not very good at noticing what's happening in our own world because we're too deep in it. Yeah. So when other people like notice something and point things out to us, I do feel like greater self-awareness leads to great greater openness which leads to faster changes or faster adjustments is probably the right yeah, way to yes. use there. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the thing is that that's like life is iterative. We're just constantly having to make little tweaks and changes to how we're doing things. And so you mentioned the backsliding, like I'm really overwhelmed right now. Like I have got shitload of work mm. on and what I'm not doing now, which I would have done in the past. So what I would have done in the past is gone, Kelly, I can't believe it. Like you wrote a book about overwhelm and how not to get into overwhelm or how to avoid it. So you shouldn't be here. Why, you know, you're you're a fraud. You're a this or that. Yeah. Like you know. use it to like self-flagellate. Yeah, absolutely. And now I'm just like, you know what? I'm really overwhelmed right now. It's it's circumstance. Like I just a few things have happened all at the same time to put me in this spot. But I think meditation. Um, I was speaking to you about this on the weekend. How you kind of led me to have a little bit of a breakthrough with meditation in that. And the, and the breakthrough that I had that I had was you do not have to engage with every thought that enters your mind. So before, if the thought of like, oh, I'm feeling really overwhelmed right now entered my mind, I'd be like, oh, God, you're overwhelmed? You shouldn't be overwhelmed. You should know better than to be overwhelmed. What are you going to do to get out of this overwhelm so people don't notice that you're overwhelmed? Because if people notice that you're overwhelmed, <laughs> then they'll think that you're, you know, that you think you're full of shit because you wrote things about how not to be overwhelmed. And now I go, like the thought enters that mind of, I'm really overwhelmed right now. And I go, yeah, I am. And see you later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, totally. And it just passes through. And it has been the most amazing revelation to me. And so this is what I think is like, but this place that I've gotten to where I'm able to do that, like I wasn't exactly. in that place six months ago. I exactly. wasn't in that place three weeks ago. Yeah. So, and I think you got to go through it to get there. Yeah, yeah, and we got all all these life experiences that we're having and all these just everything that's happening to us on a day-to-day basis. It's all adding up to these, you know, the level of awareness to I really like the idea of openness because I think that, you know, the thing that we tend to do when we're fighting against an idea or a thought is, is we do throw up barriers and we do shut things down. And so like Glenda mentioned you know, that took her five years of wondering and talking and reflecting and journaling. And she did a lot of work in five years to get to that aha moment. And she's thinking, surely I could have got there quicker. And maybe she could have, but I do think sometimes, sometimes we have little blocks in place that stop us from getting to a realization sooner. And okay, we can do a ton of work to get around those blocks but ultimately, I just think you get to things in their own time. It's a little bit of that situation where like the teacher appears when the student is ready kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like, you know, I've just found that so many different times in my life that once I get over a certain mindset or once I open my 
you know, suddenly become open to a certain way of thinking, all of a sudden I just start seeing articles about that thing or I start seeing things that people have written that kind of help reinforce that way of thinking or help enhance that way of thinking. So, you know, yeah, so I do think it's easy to go, oh, I can't believe it took me five years to figure this out, but I think that that's not that uncommon. No, I definitely no, I don't think it's uncommon. I don't think it's something that we should beat ourselves up over either. I think it should be something that we go, yeah, you know, I got there. That's amazing. And use that then as a springboard for further openness or exploration or examination and, you know, a, a, an acceptance as well, I guess, that some things do just take time. And, you know, it kind of goes back to the whole feel your feelings thing that I talk about. But mm. sometimes you just have to sit with them for a while and wait, you know, and, and be kind of be open, but don't force either and just wait. And I don't think that we're particularly good as humans as sitting in an uncomfortable no. feeling, you know, yes. so we want to do, and we've spoken about this at length before as well. We want to do anything possible to get us through that discomfort as quickly as possible. So we lament the fact that it takes us a year or two years or five years to come to a realization because because of the discomfort that those one or two or five years have entailed. And yeah. I think sometimes it's that discomfort, that stretching, that, you know, that that uncomfortable growing that is the learning that we can't rush. You know, people often ask me why I don't um, – they don't ask me so much anymore, but they used to. Why don't you offer a decluttering service? You know, why don't you <laughs> that people pay you and you go into their home and you declutter for them and with them? First of all, like, no, <laughs> just no. <laughs> um, but second of all, I'm a huge believer in the fact that if you don't go through the process yourself and using decluttering as, as an example, it is a process. It is a peeling of the onion. It's a stripping back of the layers. It's a learning about ourselves. If you're going about it to, you know, to bring about some change other than to empty your wardrobe but you know and I think if I went into someone's home and did that for them they wouldn't reap the benefits they wouldn't have done the thinking or done the self-examination or done the you know the uncomfortable kind of stuff in order to get to the other side so you don't own it as much you don't have that strength of conviction like you were talking about because you don't have you know have those decisions and have that slowly developed muscle behind you when you do have to face pushback or when you do have to decide do I buy these things because they're on on sale or do I allow you know all this stuff into my house it's so much easier to say no and to stand there with the courage of your convictions when you've gone through the work and if I decluttered someone's house for them they haven't gone through that work so I think it's you know it's a frustrating thing and yes being more open and aware will help speed things up from from this point but I think uh it's but, but you can't get open and aware without exactly. having done the work and yeah I do think we like to kind of we like to be able to put a timeline on things and we like to think okay I've done the work now I should be there and it's like you know I just think of my own experience so first of all like when I went to therapy in the first place like I I didn't want to go I only went because I was in a really really bad place and that was kind of I knew I needed professional help and I knew that, you know, chatting with friends or downloading on Ant wasn't getting me there. But the thing, the thing that scared me about therapy 
was the work. Yeah. Like I was going to be talking to someone about things I didn't really want to admit about myself and didn't really want to talk about. But, you know, you suck it up and you go and you do the work and like everything I learned there, all the management techniques, all the things I learned about myself, the uncomfortable truths that I learned about myself, you know, they all stand me on good stead now and they all added to, you know, the self-awareness yeah, I think um, it's, I think Mark Manson might have mentioned it in his new book. Something it's not. I know if it's a self awareness onion or something, right? Anyway, he describes it as like you know, we start at the very outside layer, and we ask you know, and if you really want to d- deep dive into how you're feeling about a certain thing or why you're feeling a certain way about the thing, like you have to start at the surface. Like you're not going straight to the exactly. core. Exactly. The onions. You start at that first layer, and it's a very surface layer about how you know the discomfort you're feeling or why you're feeling a certain thing. And once you've dealt with that layer, then you can peel that back and go to the next layer, and then to the next layer, and then you know, then you find out that you know the reason that you're you know always going into overwhelm is because you've been trying to repress this one person for your whole life, blah blah. blah. But you know, you can't get to that point without and not saying that's why I was always getting into overwhelm just using it as a general example but yeah we can't find out these deep things about ourselves without first dealing with the surface and that is just a process mm-hmm. and it can take it can take a long time and it and to be honest it usually takes years and if I had told myself at the start of the whole process <laughs> this is going to take yeah. years oh I, I don't know if I would have done it but you just can't even think about it. You just have to go, I'm just starting at that first layer. Just one step. And exactly. Yeah. And it's when you get through all those layers, that's when, you know, a great, great, you know, I know we keep coming back to self-awareness, but this is kind of a large part of what we talk about in the podcast about, you know, less doing and more being, like more being is about self-awareness mm-hmm. and, and, it takes a long time to get there and it's always something that's developing as well. Like it's not like a, you know, it's not a destination. It's not like I'm at, de- you know, okay, I'm at self-awareness now. I'm sweet for the rest of my life. Like it's a constantly developing thing but it relies on that open-mindedness and, I, yeah, I do find there's just this huge difference. Like when you come into contact with someone who is got that, that open-mindedness about them and that willingness to hear uncomfortable things that they don't necessarily want to hear or or meet meet you where you are. Yeah. Like yeah, it's a really it's really cool, I have to admit. Mm. And it you know, and it kind of reflects back onto you and I've kind of, you know, I've kind of got a little bit by the by and lost track a bit, but I just feel like we have to go through the journey whether we like it or not. It just sometimes takes a long time and it's and I think don't shy away from the fact that sometimes it can take much, much longer than you expected. Yeah, but I think the, the other thing to think about is like we we have I guess we don't have to, to go on that journey, but wouldn't you prefer to have when you get to the end of it? Yeah. You know, it's yeah, man, it's it's hard work sometimes to learn this stuff about ourselves or to come to a particular realization. And in the process of come on like really do I have to it's like building a house it's a pain you know it's it's one step forward sometimes and two steps back and then 15 steps racing ahead and nine steps sort of you know tripping over and then, and then everything stalls for a while and exactly. you kind of wonder and what's the point of all of this yeah and then you get 
not that there's a there, so building a house is probably not a great analogy, but mm-hmm. you know, you, you get to the other side, you've made that realization, you've you've found out something, you've cut you've you've made the decision, you've got to that next point or that next layer perhaps, and you look back, yeah, I can see that that was really hard work, but I can also see why it was so valuable to me. You know, yeah, and, it's yeah. always worth it. It's yeah, always absolutely. worth it. And it's you know, it's frustrating. But it's always worth it in the end. And sometimes, sometimes things just take as long as they take. Thank you for listening to this episode of Let It Be. If you want to connect with Kelly or myself, you can find us on social media. Kelly is at Kelly Exeter on Twitter. And on Facebook, if you search for A Life Less Frantic, you will find her there. And on uh, Twitter, I'm at Brooke McCallery. And on Facebook, I'm at Slow Your Home. And uh, if you wanted to either reach out to us on Twitter, you can use hashtag LetItBePod or uh, head over to LetItBe.fm and you can find our show notes and other information about the show. And finally, if you wanted or felt you know, the desire to leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, that would be wonderful. And um, you know, we, we read them all and we appreciate you taking the time to listen and then uh, tell us what you think. For your ears. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.